Hello, and welcome to the Mind Springs podcast with me, Alastair Appleton. I hope you enjoy what you hear, and if you'd like to find out more about us, then visit mind-springs.org. In psychology and in, in therapy, to some degree, we work with positive thoughts. So we, we, get, we try and uh, filter out thoughts that harm us, and we kind of encourage, kind of glom onto thoughts that are more positive. But from a meditative point of view, the whole project of thinking about ourselves is, is tense. Because even if we think, you know, I did that really well, you know, I'm a really good person. Implicit in that is a kind of limitation. Because it's like, well, if I do it badly, then, you know, then I'm a bad person, or, you know, I might not be always a good person. There's, there's always a kind of sense of constriction. There's obviously less of a constriction, but it's still a constriction from the open space of just being in the present moment, where you can be happy, and you can be sad, and you can be a fuck-up, or you can be brilliant. So, although we are, um, we are very tempted to kind of tinker around with our thoughts, so that, yeah, now I'm going to start thinking positive things, thoughts about myself. This is the idea behind positive psychology. And of course that does work to a degree, but it's like playing with plutonium. You can build really nice castles out of plutonium, but you're still going to get radioactivity. You know, the, the thoughts, implicit in thoughts, and we'll look at this a bit this afternoon, implicit in thoughts is a sort of wanting it to be permanent. That's the, just the nature of thinking. And particularly of things, thoughts about ourselves. It's a sort of desire to just, oh yeah, I did that well, I'm a good person, and it becomes a bit of like, oh, 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 aren't I? And that's great, that's fine, but... The great relaxation of meditation is to go, the whole shebang is suspect, I'm going to drop below and just rest in space. I don't have to have good thoughts, I don't have to have bad thoughts, I don't have to big myself up, I don't have to do myself down. I'm just going to leave the whole thing and come down into my body. Because from a Buddhist point of view, it's like swapping, putting a co-op bag over your, plastic bag over your head, and then swapping it for a Gucci plastic bag. You know, from a Buddhist point of view, it's, those thoughts are still limiting, they're still suffocating. Good thoughts, bad thoughts, from a Buddhist point of view, they're all the same, they're still kind of limiting us. So what we do is we just get used to just dropping below all thoughts into our body, into a sense of spaciousness and unconceptual, here I am, doing just being... Being and being. You can get the concept of by dropping into your body, you feel re- very relaxed. But at least with the positive thought that I, I did a good job, I would feel better. Yeah. You would feel better for a while until you did a bad job. Mm-hmm. It's the trouble with thoughts is they're, they're, they're all very contingent. And you keep on thinking them, and them not being hijacked by negative thoughts, and they all still resolve revolve this I, this I. I did a good job. There's this I in the middle of that sentence that is so vulnerable to what happens if I don't do a good job. I did a good. I did a good job. Now here it is spinning. 
But, oh, what happens if I don't do a good job? Oh. You know, the, the I is still there. It's still a story about me. It's an I, me, mine thought. But if we're all um, a bit confused here, because what you're describing about dropping into your body and having these thoughts and being in the moment and all that... Can I just stop you? It's, it's not about not having any thoughts. Okay. You still have thoughts, but you have, you, you're experiencing them from a different place. No, it's absolutely brilliant that you point out. This is the absolute number one myth of thinking. That we cannot survive in the world unless we think. That somehow if we stop thinking, we'll fizzle out and you know people will stab us in the chest or run over us or throw us off the bus. There is no reason why Chris can't... Sorry to pick on you, Chris. There's no reason that any of us can't go to work, sit on the bus and not think and everything will just go perfectly well in fact things will go a lot better we can just rest in our awareness rest in our belly open to the people around us to the thoughts going through our head the emotions but we don't have to glom on to our thoughts and believe them they're not essential you've got to interact with people yes you do Yes, you do. Your body has to... You have a meeting or a phone call, so you have to have those processes and think. But you don't have to think. I mean, you do think, of course. There's, no, there's lots of functional thinking we do. There's not a problem with that. But actually, you can go through work and a meeting and a phone call and still be resting in your, uh, your belly. That, yeah, okay. Of course thoughts happen, you know, your hand moves, you know, birds fly over, things, lots of things happen, but you don't have to identify with them. Those things are not you. So you're talking about maintaining this, this in, well, I'll use my own words, this sort of inner calm, this inner space, this feeling of relaxation, you're talking about keeping that in, in your normal life, that that, that doesn't go away, that you, you still function, but you are... You're, you're reacting in a different way, you're behaving in a different way, you feel very differently. Yeah, and I'd just like to point out that it's not always calm. The space is the space in which all sorts of things can happen. You can be absolutely furious. You can be completely lost in your thoughts. The space is still there. And this is what we have to reassure ourselves. We have been kind of brainwashed into thinking that the only reality is to be lost in a painful constriction of thinking. And this is the one, number one bullshit of ego. 
We absolutely don't have to be. We can be completely spacious, even in the, most, in the midst of a really furious argument where we are really het up. The space is still there. That's the question, Alistair, because I sort of my mind goes round in a similar way. Yeah, it's a um, great point. So, uh, um, I'd be boiling it down to the right thing if I said that thoughts are okay if they're not ego-driven. Is that what you're saying? You know, because we've got to have thoughts to carry out our life and our work. As um, I, I mean, yeah, but. Uh, um, so, so yeah. ego-driven thoughts are also fine. They will always happen, <laughs> but you just have to be aware what they do. Yes. So it's awareness again. We're back to yeah. doing things in awareness. Drinking twenty bottles of wine in one go is is possible and fine, but you just have to be aware of what it does to you. It's really the, the simplest thing of like you know, do you scrunch up and suffocate in your ego thoughts? Or do you go into your body and relax and just move through the world in a more open, spacious way? Okay. In a way, that's it. That's it. In terms of move in, you know, in the world, it's a complete myth that we have to be thinking all the time. So if we came back to the scarf analogy, the open scarf analogy, would it, would it be that we can have the open scarf and we can have thoughts but it's not identifying, it's identifying with the thoughts that makes it scratch. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So the thoughts kind of pop around, oh, there they are, but I don't have to believe them, they are not me and my scarf stays smooth. Well, not my scarf. Scarf. <laughs> 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 no, <laughs> that is that is spot on. That is spot on. That it's because I, me, mine is identifying. It's my thought, my belief, my feeling, my problem. But you know, if you, it's just a problem, a feeling, a thought. Even just saying it, it just feels much less problematic. That I, me, mine creates the problem of existence. This is the genius of the Buddha's insight. The problems of existence are not death and pain and these things. It's the I, me, mindness that we lay on top of it. Horses, you know, when when they're injured, or you know, if you've got a dog and they they get injured, they don't make a big deal about it. They just lick it or they whimper a bit and then they get on with it. You know, we make our suffering through this I, I, me, my, this iification, as Jean-Paul Sartre calls it, the the iification of everything. Everything becomes about me. And if we can just dissolve that, just, I mean, that's a big, big project, but um, then, then the whole of life just becomes so much more fluid and simple and pleasurable, and we're nicer to be around and it's easier to communicate, it's easier to be in nature and appreciate the city and, you know, just everything is easier. There is less stickiness and suffocation and constriction.
Thank you for listening, and please do join us again for more podcasts from MindSprings. You can find out more about us and our work at mind-springs.org. That's mind-springs.org.